Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Hey, She Slayers, welcome to another episode of She Slays the Day. This is your host, Lauren Brunswick, and today I have with me the very talented, underrated, underappreciated, attractive person, Kirby Brunswick. I wrote her intro for yep. her. I <laughs> yeah. Thank you. No, that was very sweet. Oh, don't make it weird. Jeez. You know, I don't like... When you get all gushy when I, I actually wanna, say nice things to you. I just want to tell you how much this means to God, me. God. Oh, Especially this in is this why I don't say nice things to him. You would say such great things. I was just trying to <laughs> amp you up so they, like, were excited you were on. Cool. Thanks. <laughs> just take it down a notch, Brunswick. Anyways, Kirby's back because um, we, have, we have an episode that requires... The person who knows a lot more details about our business than possibly me. Probably me. Well, it depends on what details. Correct. That is a good point. More of like the finance and strategy side. You know way more about like the patients and it would be very weird if I knew more about the patients than you. It would be weird. Considering I never meet or talk to any of them. Yeah. Or more about chiropractic. That'd be weird. Mm -hmm. But anyways. So yeah, today we are talking about um, an annual meeting. And for those of you that are not um, chiropractors yet, or maybe you're not even a chiropractor, but you listen and you work for someone else, I still think that this is a really great episode um, for you to listen to because 2020, man, it's a year. Yeah, it's definitely one of the years. It is one of the years that you have been alive on this planet. And next year, hopefully you're also going to be alive on this planet. And I think that there's... um, an annual meeting, you don't even have to call it that, but like an annual time for reflection is important. And I like it. I like it before New Year's, but that's just because I can't wait. Like, I don't like, I like, I like knowing my game plan. I like reflecting, creating game plan. So like January 1st, I'm like, fuck yeah. Let's yeah. I would say in general, that's, that's uh, pretty consistent across different kinds of businesses too. You don't want to start the year spending the first month figuring out what you're going to do Correct. you like to have it kind of set out in front of you but before we dig in do you want to do listener highlight and prayer yes. and all that stuff mm-hmm. for sure um so this listener highlight is from a dm uh that someone sent into the show so we're not going to share a name because we didn't get pre-approval um do you want to assign a name no, we don't need to assign a name to this person. Fine. Name Redacted says, Hi, my name is Name Redacted, and I'm a chiropractic student from Texas Chiropractic College. <laughs> All my friends say Name Redacted. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> I've recently become obsessed with your podcast. I just had to reach out and tell you thank you. As a student, I have all these questions as to what's my next step. I just needed someone to be real and break things down simply, and you definitely do that. So thank you. Aw, I was hoping you'd keep reading. I thought the review was going to keep going. I wanted more. And your hair's and, really pretty. Oh my gosh. And so even great. though your lash extensions didn't work out, you still have great <laughs> eyelashes. One wow, of the worst she, things she that happened in you. all of 2020. <laughs> <Was> <laughs> you becoming allergic to lash, lash extensions. <laughs> oh, I still, while I'm adjusting patients, I'll like look at their eyelashes and I'm just like, Maybe I'm not allergic anymore. I don't think that's how allergies work. You're the doctor. Okay. I don't know if I've said this on the show before, but I'm going to say it again if I have. The number one reason 
that I'm not trying. Because, like, there's all sorts of types of glues and stuff. And so the lash lady said she found this, like, super, super hypoallergenic glue that doesn't have either of the ingredients that people tend to respond to. And here's the number one reason I'm not doing it. One, I can't be that bougie. I already have nails. That's not the number one reason. That's actually the second reason. The number one reason is a little more, like, philosophical um, and self-lovish because I legit cried. So I had eyelashes for like nine months and I loved them so much, so much. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, think about it, like all those filters on Instagram, like a lot of them give you lashes, you know, like, and when I lost them, not only did I lose them, but like I lost a lot of my actual eyelashes and had like bald patches and I cried and it was really hard acknowledging that like the person in the mirror, like that was who I am. Mm -hmm. Like, so, you know, so like lashes aren't like a boob job where it's like, you get these for the rest of your life. It's like, uh, you're not going to get eyelash extensions the rest of your life. Yeah. So for those that have eyelash extensions, I'm just like justifying why it's okay that I don't have it. She's judging you and she's (laughs) saying that you need to get more comfortable with your real self. So I still have them. But like, it's just one of those things where it's like, it was really hard to have to go through that process. Mm -hmm. um, Not being ready to like, and I just don't want to do that again. It was really hard. So how'd we get on eyelashes? Well, she mentioned it in the review. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> she knows talking. you intimately. She knows me. And that's right. It was the worst thing that happened to me in 2020 <laughs> was losing those eyelashes. Totally. Okay. Um, another important thing. This is my wagging Just, my finger at you. Yes. That I think we should call it is we crossed a really cool... Um, milestone. Milestone. I should have just let you. I was going to say momentum. Cross <laughs> an important momentum. Like those little um, uh, precious moments. That's what I thought of. When, like, you know what that reminded me of? Uh, I don't know if it was last episode or a couple episodes. You patted yourself on the back for using the phrase "insider baseball." The phrase is "inside baseball." Oh, fuck. I was, one, la- I was laughing while editing, going like, oh, yeah, I'm proud of you. You got it almost right. Did I? <sighs> almost. Almost. Okay. Well, oh, our momentum. Yep. Our little precious moment that happened on the podcast last week was we crossed 80,000 downloads. So that means that 80,000 people have listened to the podcast. Well, I don't think individual... <laughs> I don't think that's how it works. If pretty, so, sure. pretty sure that's how it works, Kirby. If so, our retention is terrible. <laughs> um, Everyone listen once and then quit. Let's be honest. My mom has listened 72,000 of those. So that means we get to have champagne tonight. So thank you, everyone. You're yeah. fueling our champagne habit. Thank you for fueling our drinking habit that 2020 has brought on. Okay. Well, on that note, we should probably pray. Okay. You want to do it? No. I pray every time. Bye. Dear God, thank you once again for bringing us together, um, talking about important issues. Uh, When we talk about things like annual meetings, um, help us to to use these times to reflect, um, to not lament that things were out of our control, but to realize that things were never quite in our control anyway. Um, that things are ultimately up to you and that the experience of loss or change is a blessing in disguise for us to find new paths and learn new things about ourselves and the people that we go through this life with. Help this next year to be more learning, um, hopefully more more love and more success and more growth um, and less pain. But if not, uh, help us to roll with that too. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, I, you brought up something in the prayer that I think is a good, just like caveat for me to remind people, maybe they don't know me that well. Um, but my personality is a very forward thinking. I have that in my notes. Do you? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it's a very forward thinking personality, um, which is a strength for sure. But um, I do realize that, like, some people had some really bad shit that's happened this year. Like, I haven't had anyone write in, but hopefully nobody had to, like, close their business, like, permanently. 
Um, so, you know, people have lost people, you know, so when we're talking about 2020 in this light airiness of like, mm-hmm. bye Felicia thing, like I get it. But then also you do have to kind of like move on and stop. You know, I like the whole, like you didn't have control in the first place. That has been like the number one yeah. message that has, um, come through over and over again as people are like, I just want to like get back to normal and like all of that. And it's like, you know, like we've just learned so much of that this year. So, yeah. And, and we happen to experience a collective loss of control this year, but every year has some private tragedy for certain people. And it's going to happen to everyone throughout their life. It's just the uniqueness of this year is everyone experienced very similar things mm-hmm. all at the same time. But if you were to take any other year, 2019 may have been a banner year for some and the worst year of their life for others. So this is just, it's not that um, things are going to universally get back to any kind of normal, which we know never really existed anyway, because everyone is having their own private 2020 in separate years. Mm, that's deep. That's what I'm here for. Man, that is what you're here for. And the outline. Thanks to Kirby, today's episode will have a point uh, because I just showed up like, let's do this. And he's like, do do you have notes? I'm like trying to compare my notes to her notes. And she's like, well, my notes are in my head more. In my head. I was like, do you want to write them down? No. Got them. They're in my head. All right. So should we jump in? Yeah. Um, So... Thoughts on an annual meeting. Do we want to start with why an annual meeting or yeah, what, who should do one? What annual meeting? What an annual What an annual, who an annual meeting? So we've been doing an how annual come meeting. Annual meeting. Oh my gosh. Okay, we do have to explain the how come thing first. And then we'll come back to this. Oh, uh, whose joke? Is it Roy Scoville? It's somebody way funnier than us. It's yeah, a professional comedian. Comedian. I think it's I think it's Rory Scoville. Kirby will find the link and the, put it in the show notes. One of the funniest things you can do is so Google collects what people type in and they're trying to predict what you're going to type next. So if you want to know what dumb people ask Google, start with how come <laughs> and then any letter. So like you could be, you know, like how come A and it'll be like how come ants live in my pocket like <laughs> yeah the the common question like responses are so much funnier than normal ones like it's like if you because i think it's because um a typically educated person would answer like why is climate change such an issue <laughs> but like <laughs> how come b comes up as how come birds don't get electrocuted <laughs> oh oh i know the answer never mind yeah. Yep. So anyways, if you're looking for like a laugh, did you do another one? How come how come C is? How come cats don't like water? How come corn doesn't digest? How come Caillou doesn't have hair? Who's Caillou? That little kid with bald like on a animated show. There's Our just kids never really watched. It. There's just something about asking a question, how come? <laughs> hey Google, how come? <laughs> Watch that is not really funny unless you've seen the Scoville. I'll, I'll find it. All right. I'll include it. If you're not laughing, you need to inc- go into the show notes. Or you're ashamed because that's how you start all your Google <gasps> searches. <laughs> how come chiropractic? Oh my gosh. And you know if you type that in, there is a funny. All right. What are we talking about? Annual meeting. Annual meeting. Why? Why? So an annual meeting is, I. you know, I think it's an obvious thing for it's the winding down of one thing learning reflecting making sure to pay homage is that to like the wins yep like the the lessons and make sure that you're taking the time to move forward with them because like i feel i feel like lessons and wins or like good things Mm -hmm. are the easiest to just not like solidify in our brain yeah like negative things um you know well there's science behind that but like i feel like learning lessons and actually reflecting on like the good things that happen requires you to like take a pause Mm -hmm. just take a pause and look back and kind of like ask yourself some questions and you know kind of do that well, it's, it's the, and that pause is necessary because in 
like daily life, you just get so obsessed with daily life and you're playing kind of whack-a-mole with the problems of the day. And if you're going through life, dealing with what's in front of you, there's always enough in front of you that you'll be busy. And that's the thing we've talked about before, like being busy versus being intentional. You always have a to-do list and you'll never accomplish anything great if you don't pause and make a little space to look at where you are and why you're there and where you actually want to go and make a plan forward. If you don't make time for that, you will stay busy. You'll just kind of keep chasing whatever's in front of you. Yep, absolutely. So So I do recommend that even if you are a solopreneur, um, this was something that Kirby and I didn't do before we had staff. And that's like definitely one of the things that like I would change if you asked me like 10 things we fucked up. Um, That would be one of them of like we should have been, you know, having more intentional time. But it's hard because you and I talk all the time. Yeah, I was going to caveat that a little bit by we were continually having strategy sessions and just the nature of kind of how both of us approach things is to question each other and think about like goals and Mm -hmm. and vision for the future. So we, well, we didn't have them formally. Um, One, I think we would have benefited from having them formally. And two, if you're someone who doesn't constantly have those conversations or you're solo truly by yourself and you're not continually discussing your business with your spouse hours a day, that's probably something you need to either sit down with a friend who's in the industry or someone who knows business or your spouse and take the time to do it. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, like you and I, we've been holding this meeting for our team Mm -hmm. and we do a lot of meetings, talking sometimes with cocktails, but like, like we're saying, always talking, but that's in the weeds. That's like still in Mm -hmm. the weeds and like, it would be a really great idea for us to plan like a day where we just have to make sure (laughs) my head like went three ways down of like you know where you and I go away and we like do an annual like reflection of like us as a married couple yeah but we would just end up like getting drunk oh I was gonna go the opposite way and think that we would come up with 400 other things that we could and should do that we already have so much to do we're doing so i know i'm just saying i think it's a good idea that at some point maybe next year that's our goal for 2021 is for you and i to have like a retreat weekend where there's like meditation time and we're like envisioning what the business is doing and how that works with our family and our marriage i like that yeah it only took me 10 years to come up with that idea do you know that do you do you remember 10 years in a week and a half oh for the business for the business yeah they're not, not our, we I was going to say, I don't think you remember our anniversary. <laughs> it was a couple months ago. That explains no, why you business. didn't get me a present. For the business, <laughs> so you can get me a present for my 10-year chiropractic journey. Anyways, where were we? Uh, we were talking about who should do an annual meeting. Yep. Um, uh, why an annual meeting? Um, I think we covered that fairly well. Uh, what topics should you cover in an annual meeting? Well, I think it depends on, depends on a lot. Okay. So first of all, I like to, there, I don't have a template because I like my employees not really knowing what it's going to be. Um, And in different years, we've needed different things mm -hmm. too. I think we generally follow an outline of like some kind of exercise that is centering mm-hmm. then some kind of like creative exercise. And this isn't necessarily in order, but like we like to incorporate a lot of like brain exercises in there um, to get people like, you know, setting, we've done intention stuff um, where like there's intention setting time. We've had um, like, like dream board type things. So there's a lot of like trying to get the, our employees brains kind of in that like big picture thinking and this safe space where they can suggest ideas and not just be like dictated to the whole time. Yeah. Making it feel like they're 
a part of it, not making it feel like, like reminding them that they're a part of it, that their input is important and that we're not just talking about visions for the business, but we're talking about visions for them and what they want their day-to-day life at work and outside of work to look like. Um, I will say with employees in the past, when we do a lot of like goal setting, we obviously do personal because, you know, we're big on personal growth. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's hard because I feel like personal growth, like hijacks a lot of their brain space. Yeah. I mean, especially if you've been just focused and I mean, some of our employees are very focused on their family and helping and always helping other people. And then when you finally go like, what do you want? Like it gives them a space to breathe. But then, yeah, it's it can be consuming. Mm -hmm. So it is tough because I do believe in talking about your employees' personal goals Mm -hmm. um, because I want our employees to feel like they're growing personally and professionally with us. But, yeah, it's just kind of like it it can take over a goal setting. So if you are going to be doing like incorporating personal, I would specifically have sections of like, what are your personal goals for your health? What are your personal like areas that you want to learn? What are your professional areas that you want to learn? Like keeping that expectation that like, yes, we do want to learn more about you and help you on your personal journey. But at the same time, we you know, another one of the questions is how do you grow as an employee and help our patients? Yep. And so just helping them, you know, connect the dots then like really, I don't know how to like eloquently put this, but like, it's almost like you need employees to realize that their personal goals involve happiness and money Mm -hmm. (laughs) and happiness So then both of those tie into their workspace. Like you spend so Mm -hmm. much time here. So yes, you want to have more energy and more date nights with your husband and blah, 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 and more vacations. Like these are the goals. I don't mean to blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, but like those are tend to be the goals that a lot of employees will say. And it's like, great. I also want you to have more vacation time. You know how that happens. We do X, Y, or Z. I also want you to not be like have a mountain load of back work you need to do. You know how that happens? I, you know, like, yep. so you yeah. kind of you need to like connect together. the dots. And, yeah. I, and I think that's fair, like as a leader. No, that's that's what we aim to do. And if we can fulfill all those things, then everyone's happy in the end. Mm-hmm. And that's good. And with sometimes the personal goals, you can learn about an employee. If they say, you know, a personal thing is they want to like organize their life and not be so chaotic. You can see that that's something they value is organization and calmness, and you can try to steer them towards the tasks at work that would facilitate that or right. make a better environment for them. So um, so that's definitely part of it is that mix of personal versus work. But like you said, the energy can kind of um, move with that. And that's one thing that I think we try to be mindful of is the personal energy, where they're focused and how they're feeling and what we're asking them to do at what times of day in the meeting, too, because we do a fairly long one. Um, yep. So we typically so last year, um, last year we did two mini meetings, right? So we not too many meetings. We did like a mini three hour marketing like a morning. Meeting. Yeah. Like it was no, like it was completely separate. Yeah. Um, it was like a month beforehand where we laid out an entire marketing plan with click funnels and like educating people and getting people up to date on like Canva and how to create Insta story templates. Like, so it was a very hands-on marketing media type thing. And we like laid out, like, we're going to have this Facebook group and talked about Facebook groups and all that stuff. And then... (laughs) Wasn't that a good time spent? (laughs) All the events we were going to throw. All the amazing events we were going to throw. But then we had, because a part of every annual meeting is always talking about like the marketing vision for next year. So it wasn't that we didn't talk about it. It was that we like did a lot of training and planning. And then during the actual meeting, we like, talked how talked this and is summarized work. versus because we knew especially with the the ideas we had in mind that it was going to hijack the big annual meeting if yeah. we got into marketing it and gets that like, like time consuming like i think mm-hmm. that's why like we were such a marketing machine prior to 2020 like machine 
that um, it's draining. Yeah. So, like, I think that was another big reason we pulled it apart was because after three hours of, like, going January through December Mm -hmm. and are we going to have a webinar on this and then how are we going to advertise it? Who are we going to reach out? It was just like... Okay, next. Let's well, talk. And you know what's super hard is after you spend three hours assigning people tasks and in their head they're going like, oh my God, I have so much to do. They're not spacing it out in their mind that they have a year to do it. Then you go like, now let's talk big picture. What else should we do? Oh, and they're yeah. like, "What, bitch, what else should we do? Well, all I'm <laughs> doing is marketing. Yeah. So there's you know a lot of exercises of connection, intention, creativity, centering, There's obviously goal setting personally and professionally. Mm -hmm. Um, There's marketing. There's a recap on numbers. Yep. Well, and that's something that this year I've tried to get better this year. I'm going to try to get even better um, is in the past. We've kind of, you know, I come from a corporate background, so I summarize things in the way I've always summarized things. I compare quarter by quarter numbers. I compare, you know, last year and two years ago. I look at projections given year to date numbers and well, I think it's interesting and I think it tells a story. It's not really inspiring. It's not it's not inspiring and I don't think people get it. Like I'm literally the only person on our team who has a mathematical back like I look at charts and I go like mm-hmm. get excited about what they say because they talk to me. Like our team doesn't think that way. So I can see their eyes glaze over while I'm telling them what a great job they're doing, mm-hmm. but in my language, not theirs. Um, so this year I think the focus is going to be, you know, as we review the last year, there may be some numbers in there, but it will mostly be numbers to support a story. So talking more about the wins that we've had, the things we've overcome, um, the challenges that we've faced and how we got through them. And then if there's a number in there of saying, you know, like we, you know, took a real tumble with the beginning of COVID, but we did all that work. We really told people that we were open. We hustled to make sure people felt safe. And by July, we were back within, you know, five percent of the monthly average for that month. Like, and that's a really impressive thing. That's mm-hmm. basically back to normal. Yeah, it's not really like previous years where you know we would look at like, okay, our highest patient visit week was this. What do we think we did right? What do we think we did wrong? Yeah. What like, or where could we improve? Our lowest patient visit week was this. What what did we do wrong around that time? Because the answer is COVID. Yeah. So that aspect of the reflecting on numbers won't be there this year because I I just really want to. Is this fair that like I really don't want to talk about COVID in our annual meeting? Like, I think there's an acknowledgement of. Yes. But I think. I think um, it's too easy to, like, use it completely as an excuse and not learn the lesson. Oh, yeah. I think the the spin on it is is very much about, you know, obviously we were dealt a shit hand, but we dealt with that. We found ways to keep working. We found ways to get back to, you know, a general good state. And now we feel like we're we don't know what's going to happen in the future, but assuming it's more of the same. I feel very comfortable with our crew that we're going to keep doing great. Right. The upside is if things loosen up and we can, you know, have more opportunities to do more things, that's only upside. Mm -hmm. But like we're already there. We're already running smoothly um, given the circumstances. And that took a ton of work. Thanks for all your help with that. You know, now let's look forward to like what opportunities are going to be available If things loosen up. Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of people might go like, how am I supposed to inspire the team about like great things we're going to do in 2021 when we don't know when, quote unquote, COVID's going to be over? Yeah. And that's a tricky thing. And, you know, I, I realize in retrospect, like us saying, you know, we have a whole team that worked really hard to get back to some state of normal. Um, that's probably not the reality for a lot of people. Not not everyone's as fortunate. So some of your meeting may be more focused on like you're still in the how do we deal with this? Um, but as your goal setting or as you're planning out for the future, um, I think 
it's not the typical annual meeting where you get to go, you know, okay, well, my prediction is in previous annual meetings, you go, okay, in March, we're going to do a St. Patrick's Day thing. And then, you know, June, we're going to do a Father's Day thing. You can't plan out 12 months of events. Personally, where my mind goes is to plan out what you can see, like realistically, given the current you, circumstance. What you can have, yes. Yep. Assume, don't assume, yeah, assume in your plan that you're going to be able to do events. If yeah. you can, fantastic, pivot. But like, assume more of this. Yeah. Just so. Have some contingency plans if things open up or, or even go like, things are changing so rapidly. We're going to talk about the next three months and with the expectation that it's going to be a lot like what we've been going through. At the end of that three months, if it looks like things are going a different direction, we're going to have another meeting and do that meeting with open eyes and a new understanding. But for us to make 14 contingency plans about deeper shutdowns, complete whatevers, mm -hmm. like I just I think it's wasted energy. I like that you ended on that wasted energy because ultimately when in past years we were making projections of like, okay, we're going to grow X percent. So everybody's, I doubt there's anybody listening that's like, no, I'm going to actually go down 3% next year or no, I I'm plan on staying on zero. Yeah. I'm going to stay zero. <laughs> so everybody's planning on three to 20% to a hundred percent, wherever you're at in your practice um, growth. And what we used to do was predict that growth based on things we truly had no control over. Like we thought we did, you know, we would like, or we would do our best to control it of like, okay, well, we're going to grow 15% that month because the month prior, we're going to have an ADHD workshop and we're going to try, we're going to, our goal is to get 30 new patients from that. So then 30 new patients at three times a week should increase the numbers. And I'm just throwing out numbers mm. like, but like, so then guess what happened the month before the workshop? We knew we had this goal of 30 people signed up for this workshop and everybody was just stressed, so stressed, trying to figure out, like, how are we only at 12? The events are 10 days away. Like, what should we do a promo? How can we get more people? Can we call people? And it was just stressful and mm -hmm. draining, like really, really draining because we had put so many unintentionally. We had put so much of our growth in something that we couldn't control. Well, yeah. And we, you know, and we kept, we kept pushing and putting it on so many of our staff too. Like everyone was involved. Everyone knew what was going on. Everyone could feel the tension. Um, I don't, I haven't gone back and actually looked at it, but I would say in those months, I would be, I would be surprised if there wasn't a small retention fall off because when everyone's focused on new patients, mm -hmm. no one's focused on current patients. I mean, you're, everyone's doing their day-to-day yeah. -day job, yep. but like there's that intentionality that's not there. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, yeah, sometimes we would get the number of people in, but that's also based on some assumptions of you get 30 in and then you sign 14 of them or whatever. And it's like, well, at the end, you're basically papering the room, trying to get people in. And so instead of signing 14, you sign six. Right. You know? Yeah. So... I don't remember what I was saying before that or like how I got off on that. But uh, yeah. Wasted energy. Yeah. So that kind of segues into what our like theme for this year. Well, actually, before we do that, do you want to talk about how we are going to plan? Like, because we're going to do numbers. You have to have mm -hmm. numbers for people, especially since we bonus our people based on hitting certain numbers. Yeah. Um, so how are you as like the statistician of the company going to project and like make goals for people? So it's a bit of in corporate work. I found um, you can you can run numbers in multiple ways and tell whatever kind of story you want. Uh, so there's a bit. So you're going to lie to our people? I'm just going to lie to them. Straight up lie. I'm going to say you have to do $100,000 a month. That's our goal. Make it happen. No. Um, so no, you can run the numbers a few different ways. And then there's a bit of intuition. There's a bit of storyline of like knowing what's happening on the ground. So if it was a normal year, I might look at trends for what has happened year over year in January um, over the past few years and look to that to like set our January goals. 
knowing that, you know. Once we get to March, that's going to be a problem. Well, even this January. Yeah. Of like, we don't have valid statistics for what this looks like. Mm -hmm. So then you go, okay, well, let's look at a trend line of where we've been going for the past nine months or the past six months. That doesn't always factor in the seasonality of if we've typically had, you know, if we're generally going slightly up, but we've generally had bad Januaries or bad Februaries saying we're going to, you know, we've been growing at 3% month over month. And so 3% more than December is our January goal also isn't fair because you have to look at the picture of Januaries are typically down. Um, but basically what I'll do is I'll run two or three different analyses and then you and I'll sit down and talk about what feels right and what the storyline is and what we can actually expect for for the next month. Yep. Um, so kind of taking both scenarios where the old scenario was like, okay, January for the last couple years mm -hmm. is, you know, 5% lower than whatever. It's our fourth, typically our fourth highest month, and then kind of make projections there. But combine that with, okay, but we are trending up. So maybe we wouldn't trend quite up as much in January because it's typically down, you know, like that. Yeah. Now, what... What do you do if you don't have, like, what if this was your first year or your second year in practice? Like, what does that person do for goal setting? One, if, I mean, hopefully you have some statistics to go on. Mm -hmm. I mean, even if you're not, you know, we have a fairly detailed stat system where we're tracking a lot of stuff, which we'll talk about later. But um, so we can go based on multiple metrics. Even if you don't have that, you should have in your electronic health records, I'm assuming there is some kind of patient tracking. Um, and in your finance, like you have to be doing QuickBooks or something to keep mm -hmm. track of your yeah, money. So you should have patient visits, money and new patients. Yep. So you should have some broad stuff. So you should be able to look, um, you know, year over year or if if you're truly new um, in your business planning, hopefully you looked at you have some kind of general idea of what you want to do in terms of what are your fixed expenses and variable expenses and what do you need to meet those. Mm -hmm. So having like a baseline, keep the doors open, you know, keep food on the table number um, and then having some low, medium and high projections. Of, I like the low, medium and high. I think it gives um, you like a realistic, you know, well, I like the low, especially because if you've done a good job of maintaining your expense or, you know, minimizing your expenses, you can go. Okay, I may not be a multimillionaire in five years, but as long as I have 35 people walk through that door every week, I'm a chiropractor. Like, and it can take some pressure. You're still a chiropractor if you have zero. Well, I know. Like, you yeah, I'm a, still a chiropractor with a phone number to be called. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it kind of takes some of that pressure off so that you can go. Okay, what does it look like if I have 75 people a week? What does it look like if I have 125 people a week? And what? What does that machine look like? And that's kind of the reverse thinking of if I have 125 people walking through the door a week, what am I doing to make that happen? I probably have some advertising going. I probably have a referral system where there's some word of mouth stuff because I'm not just going to have an extra 50 people walk by mm -hmm. every week and you know go, hey, what's this? Yep. Yep, absolutely. So... Um, I like the idea of kind of picking one of the like KPIs, the key performance indicators. Look at you with your fancy. I know. Um, of like new patients, patient visits, office visit average, um, and patient visit app patient visit average. Mm -hmm. And kind of, like all of those, if those any of those increase. The bottom line, because like really when it comes down to it, like money is money is money. Yep. Um, but kind of picking one of those that is like you could improve the most, like looking back over the year, if you have your new patients, your patient visits and the amount of money you made, you can figure out your office visit average, which is how much money on average do you collect from each patient that you adjust? Mm -hmm. The patient visit visit average. Kirby hates that stat, but he has it's a yet weird rolling stat. It is not... a very weird. We do not bonus on PVA. That's for sure. Nope. Um, so that's the new pa 
total visits, total visits divided by new, new patients. patients. And then that's supposed to tell you about how long. I will tell you, especially if you're young in practice, that one can be wildly terrible designed. because you are disincentivized. Like if you have a yeah. ton of new patients, it's going to show. And if you're only three months into practice, it means like it's supposed to be an annual number. So. I like PVA to be an annual number. Yep. I like it to be an annual number. Um, and then, yeah, patient visits. Yeah. So well, OVA can be a good one because it's showing you how much you're collecting per patient. So it wakes you up to, you know, I don't know what the industry standard is. For OVA? Yeah. Ooh, like I think the PVA is like 12. Okay. Um, great question. But anyway, so let's, let's say it's, let's say it's 30 or let's say it's 40. I don't know. I don't know either. Let's Somewhere between 30 and 40, I bet. Okay. So let's say it's 35. And you look at yours and you go, oh, mine's 22. So when you look at a revenue goal and you want to increase by $100,000 and you divide it by that 22, that's how many more visits you need in that year. The other strategy would be maybe I need to increase my prices yep. or get out of network with insurance because you look at your numbers and you realize you have a decent amount of cash paying patients who are paying $40 a visit, but you also have a insurance company that's paying you $12 a visit and that's pulling your numbers down. And yes, sometimes you might need to increase your prices, but side note, I think that people, chiropractors often like just constantly keep thinking that's the, oh, the solution. In, in that estimate, you need to... Whenever we talk about increasing our prices, there's an estimate of how many patients we're going to lose because yeah. you can't just go, I have 100 patients. I'll raise $5 per visit and I'll make $500 more a week. Like, no, you're going to lose 15% of them or 10%, yep. whatever. So, yeah. So really looking back when it comes to looking at quantifiable goals mm -hmm. for 2021, it's complicated, yes, but that doesn't mean you don't do it. It means figure out what was your OVA for the year, what was your PVA for the year, how many new patients did you see, um, and then how much money did you make, and start looking at, like, is does one of those stand out as less like mm -hmm. you know if you only have five you might have a pva that's amazing maybe it's like 55 but you have five new patients a month that would be the thing that like when i'm looking to the future of like actually making a movable goal i would go okay i can raise i can get more than five new patients a month if i put that I'm, my goal is going to be 10 new patients a month yeah because the high pva tells you you're good at retention but the low new patient numbers tells you you're not good at that. The reverse could be really true, too, of like you are a marketing genius and you have tons of people walking in. But if you see your PVA is 12, That's the you average. don't need to spend more money on marketing. You need to figure out how to keep the people you yes. have. Yes, yes. You're like, we are a new patient machine. We don't keep anybody. So, um, okay. So let's talk about kind of the final portion, like our goal for this meeting. Well, before we get into that, I just we had talked about what topics to cover. We've talked about kind of goal setting through finance. Um, we've talked about reflecting back on the year. I do like a little portion of it too to be kind of like the the look down or the look back, look down, look forward model. Yes. Like the look down of where you are now, given what's happened and what you're planning on doing. Like a little bit of a whether it's a check on the health of the team, whether it's a check on your systems, whether it's, uh, you know, when you learn or have these reflections from the past year, it's like, well, where are we now and what can we modify? Yeah. Which that gets into. That gets into. Theme. Yeah. So even if this isn't going to be your theme, you do need to do a look down and like. So um, basically, I think that across the board, whether it's just you, whether you work for someone else or whether you are the leader of a team of 20, um, this has been an exhausting year. So whether you're the owner or the employee or the associate or, or a student, um, this year has been really exhausting. And so naturally, you know, there's been a lot of work and there's only a small number of businesses that are able to go. Yes, we worked really hard. It was energetically draining, but look at the payoff. 
So like, I think there's going to be a lot of chiropractors and a lot of students or new grads who go like, I worked so hard to keep my freaking doors open this year Mm -hmm. and keep fully staffed. And I don't have anything left to give because naturally in order to grow, you, you expect the answer is that you're going to need to work harder. Yeah. Right. Do something like, more. Yeah. You know, like if you want to lose a half a pound a week, but you, and then you bump that up to two pounds a week, you're working out more. Like that's just kind of the training of the idea of like, if you want to make more money, you have to work harder. If you want to see more people, you have to work harder. And that's going to be a really hard message for our team. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of teams to hear if we came in being like, all right, guys, we're just going to double down on the things that we're good at. I think we should stay around from any phrasing of double down Yeah. in your team meeting because yeah. you're going to get like some daggers of like, you want me to double down? I am like a 5% of a human right now. Well, especially when you just got finished saying, thank you so much for all the hard work. It was an extremely complicated year. You gave it your all. Now I need more than your all. Yeah. Like. Yep. So what we're doing is we're really focusing on simplifying everything. That is the, so the reason that we actually got this idea um, for this whole like spinoff of the annual meeting is because a non-chiropractor who listens to listen to the like five takeaways from whatever that episode Mm -hmm. like two weeks ago three weeks ago like my five takeaways from a women's conference um what the last point was from christy wick talking about simplifying Mm -hmm. and just where can you simplify and that we oversimplify and then that made me start thinking about our team meeting and all of this of like okay where can we simplify what are we what was serving us as a chiropractic clinic Mm -hmm. that we're still doing And do we need to be like, so my plan is to go through everything that we do, like pretty much Mm -hmm. one giant roadmap, um, like a huge dry erase board and just start from like planning an event. Like, Mm -hmm. what do we do? What are all the steps that we do? Putting on an event, getting the new patient sign up. What does the new patient go through as far as like the phone call, the like their day one, their day two, their paperwork, their like their progress exams, like every little detail that we can possibly come up with of like, oh, well, well, every Friday we send an email to the people who X, Y, Z. And well, every Monday we do this and every new patient, we have them fill out this, like every detail that is we're doing that Mm. we're spending time on. And going through with that fine tooth comb and going like, do we need to do that? Mm-hmm. Like, and it's ha- is it, has anybody like, so one of the things I honestly don't even know if we do this anymore. We used to send a letter with like, um, a free coffee at the local coffee mm-hmm. shop, like thanking them for being a new patient and what to expect. Um, you know, like, and just having a conversation like, first of all, are we still doing that? <laughs> I think we shifted that to our online email stuff with the uh, uh, automated video. Okay. Well, anyways, figuring out, do we? And then also going like, okay, has anybody Ever said, said anything? anything? Has anybody said, hey, thanks for the coffee? Or, oh, yeah, you said that was one of your three or five core values. Like, yeah. Who who give a fuck? Maybe. Yeah. Or maybe it is the greatest thing. And maybe your front desk goes, oh, my gosh, we get lots of thank yous for that. And like, yeah. oh, OK, then it's worth us handwriting. The funny thing about this exercise is we did a version of it before, but with almost the completely opposite mindset of we were looking at all the customer touch points, but we were going through of saying, what more do we need to do and how do we improve mm-hmm. each and every one? There was no discussion of what do you eliminate it was how do we have more and how do we add jobs to it and it's interesting that like now yep. and it's different seasons of business yeah i was gonna say but, you know like 10 years in you've added you've probably increased you know year one you just like well the patient shows they call my office and i say can you come today at four and, and then, then i hand them paperwork and then i adjust them and then they pay me 
and I rescheduled them. Like, so in I your don't first, think you can cut any of those. I wouldn't. Yeah, cut. don't cut any of those. But you may but be able you to might simplify. go like, well, hey, maybe I could send them paperwork electronically. So like there are years yeah. and years and years of like, ooh, that's cool. Ooh, we don't send a blah, blah, blah. Like, thank you. We don't send a video. Ooh, one of the things I do want to add, though. <laughs> it's happening. Sorry. All right. I won't. I won't add it. We're going to add it, though. No, we'll talk. We'll, we'll talk. modify. <laughs> but but I think the thing is, as you're as you're looking at simplifying, hopefully it's informed, especially if you've been in practice for a little bit. Hopefully that is informed by your look back of uh, taking an honest assessment of the things you've been doing. Are they actually working? Trying to have either some numbers or some gut feel like you talk to your team about it, like with the letter. Did anyone ever do that? Did we talk to the coffee shop and see how many of those are actually redeemed? Oh, we spent a thousand dollars on printing and postage and four people got a coffee on us. Like, yeah, let's let's stop that. We can find more interesting ways to spend that money and make the patients happy. Yep. So. So, yeah, simplifying is definitely a big theme. Um, I will say around it, especially if you've been in practice for a few years and, and what we're doing is. We're going to be cutting back or changing roles on things that we asked our team to do. So when we equate this isn't working, it almost needs to be clearly stated that it's not they weren't working. Right. Like we asked you to know all the things and do all the things and try this out and it didn't work. But I know you worked hard on that project. I mean, unless they didn't. And then we'll tell them they did a bad job. But <laughs> No, but just that that element of reminding them that like an idea cannot work without it reflecting on the person who executed it. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree. Oh, another topic. Just sorry to backtrack. Yeah, that's fine. I, this is why I am supposed to have notes um, is we always do a little portion of the uh, meeting that is kind of like a reminder of who each person is. Mm -hmm. So like we use the Enneagram very strongly. We used to use Strength Finder. Yeah. Um, we, ac we, still use we actually use Love Language, Strength Finder, and Enneagram. Yep. Isn't there another one we used to use? Well, we just got told about a new one that I want to have. Oh, yeah. But um, so we kind of, we print out like everybody has a packet on everyone. And we spend, you know, five minutes being like, okay, so... Sarah, she's an Enneagram 9. So reminder what this means is Enneagram 9s receive criticism this way. When you're complaining to an Enneagram 9, this is how they feel. And so it's kind of that reminder of like, oh, that's how that person, that's that person. And yeah. Because like especially in a team setting, everyone's just kind of going through. It's a bit like the, the year of like everyone's going through day to day and approaching everything in the way they see it and solving their own shit. And you need moments like this to step back and go like, oh, I've been complaining to Sarah every day and she seems really nervous and keeps trying to like fix all my problems. And I was just kind of tossing it out there. But like she's been carrying this yeah. shit. Yeah. So it is just that good reminder of like this is this person's strengths. This are these persons like unstrengths. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm OK with the word weakness. I know it's like. I'll talk about my weaknesses all day long, um, you know, but yeah. So I think that's an important part also. Yes. That we forgot to say because I didn't have notes. Uh, one other thing on the simplifying thing that we're talking about is sometimes simplifying, and especially in our case, requires that you have to put trust in certain people. And in our case, we have a larger team. And in the past, we kind of asked them to all be jack of all trades. And the interesting thing when you simplify is you may have to let one person carry the ball in a certain area, which requires trust on a business owners because they make that person more important. They mm -hmm. make them less replaceable, mm -hmm. um, but it gives them more agency. It creates hopefully a happier environment for them if it's matched with if their it's strengths. matched with their strength that's how i was thinking about it of like oh in the simplification process what we're doing is we're really looking at each employee and going like this is what brings them joy this is their drudgery so like let's take that from them let's take 
somebody else's drudgery or like thing that like brings them down. And with this personality, they would like it. So let's add it to them. And And that's the funny thing is when you dig in with your employees, you might find that like we have gone through some of these exercises with our employees and stuff that to me sounds like the worst thing ever, like calling patients to make sure they're caught up on their payments and settling accounts is my nightmare. But we have people who go like, I wish I could do more of that. And it's like, what? Just lock that girl in the room. Yeah. <laughs> Give yeah. her a phone. So, um, okay. Do we? I think so. Hopefully it's... it kind of meandered. Um, but hopefully people got, you know, there's, there's some meat. There's some like philosophy mixed in with the annual meeting. For sure. I could give a 20 minute tactical podcast, but <laughs> What's the that wouldn't that? be any fun. Um, one last thing I will say is if you are looking at your 2021 and you're like, gosh, Lauren and Kirby sound amazing to work for. I want to work for them. You can. Um, we're really still um, we're still looking for the right associate for our family, our family um, pediatric training of some sort. You have to like kids. Yes. Yep. If you, you can't be mean some, to kids. No, no punching kids. I, you have to like puppies, too. Nah. You don't have you to, don't like, to puppies. like dogs. You have to be at least kind to them. I'm just well, personality wise. Yeah, I don't really care about dogs, and I'm a great person. You would hire someone who's mean to dogs? Not mean to dogs, but there's a difference between being mean to dogs and liking dogs. Okay, fine. All right. You can you can be you apathetic to like towards dogs. Forget what Kirby <laughs> is talking about with the dog thing, okay, people? You do not have to like or dislike dogs to work for Blue Hills Chiropractic. You're so weird. You just took it, and you got me off track. I want them to know what they're getting into. Oh, my God. Anyways, so you have to like kids. You have to like working with kids and pregnant women. Um, you need to be good at communicating. If you know your Enneagram, that will help me out quite a bit. For sure. If you're, you know, I would take, I'd take a couple different Enneagram types. Mm-hmm. I think I need a seven in my life. I think I'd do great with a seven. Yeah, just I more ideas. That'd be fantastic. Um, anyways, no, I'll take all Enneagram types. Um, where do you want people to send a resume? So one, you can just DM me. Yeah, you can just message Lauren and let her know that you're interested and we can start the conversation. Ideally, yeah. uh, in the- if I don't respond to you, DM me again, because the DMs are getting a lot. It's getting busy. It's getting busy. Um, you can send a resume. Eventually, you're going to have to uh, to hello at bluehillschiropractic.com. All mm-hmm. small. Um, yeah, in all one word. Um, and yeah, compared I mean, to other email addresses that are multiple. Well, there's no like blue dot hills. Oh, okay. dot, yeah, it's all okay. one thing. Um, and yeah, I mean, I would say other things to we want you to know that you're going to be coming to a smaller town, but it's still yeah. fun. Um, kind of Northwoods of Wisconsin, but within two hours of Minneapolis. So major airport nearest target is 45 minutes away. It is, but it's on a road that's just a fast highway, yep. no traffic. Yeah. So, so no, it's a, it, it's an interesting place and it's a fun place and we have a really cool team. We so, do. and a gorgeous building. Oh, gorgeous building. And we've got some cool things um, coming up next year with schools. Mm-hmm. So like some, that's, that's part of the great part of a small town is, you know, in a big town, like if you're in Dallas, try calling like. The superintendent the, of the Dallas superintendent schools being to see like, if you hey, can start I'd like to come kid. start adjusting uh, teachers. You're the 12th chiropractor that's called this year with that idea. Um, around here, they're like, huh? Well, how would that work? And you're just like, well, this is how. So we've got some really cool connections um, that started last year. COVID put a damper on this year, but for sure next year we'll be up and going. And so, yeah, there's lots of cool stuff. Lots of very cool stuff. So reach out, DM, send an email, all that jazz. Um, also make sure you're on our weekly list. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Because depending on when you're listening to this, yeah, there could be some, some beneficial stuff coming in your inbox this week. Yep. So go to, uh, she forward slash besties and sign up for the weekly slay. And there will be something coming very soon that, uh, will save you some money if you're interested in doing some cool stuff. Yep. 
Nice, nice cryptic. Trying to be cryptic. You're so cryptic. All right, peeps. That was enough of us rambling. We love you so, so much. Next week, we've got a really cool conversation um, with a designer on, like, designing your clinic um, that I think you're going to love. And, yeah, and then we're, like, kind of getting to the end of 2020 here. So, holy cow. Holy cow. I got to start editing best of episodes. (laughs) Yes, you do. Please let us know your favorite. We'll have a poll. Okay, peeps. Bye. Till next week. Bye. Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait. Don't wait.